0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Men on a Mission podcast. I'm your host, Brad Richard, and shortly we will be starting our next episode. We will be providing you tools, resources, and information that you can use to make your life just a little bit better. But before we do that, let's honor our country and then we'll begin the podcast. Music Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Men on a Mission podcast. I'm your host, Brad Richard. And tonight, I have a special guest with me, Darrell Williams. And uh, I want to tell you a little bit about Darrell. Um, he's not just any guest. Uh, this, uh, this man has amazing accomplishments. And I, and I want to just kind of, kind of touch base on a few of his accomplishments. He is an uh, associate pastor. He is an ICF-accredited master certified life coach. He worked with the White House Communica- Communications Agency, and he is a Hall of Fame member of the White House Communication Agency. A presidential Service uh, Badge recipient, he is the Lacey B. Ivory Service Award recipient, Roy Wilkinson Renowned Service Award recipient, National Lewis University Reach Award recipient, Strayer University Outstanding Alumni Award recipient, the White House communication agency a senior manager of the year outstanding mentor of the year human resources team of the year and he's a retired military vet army mm-hmm. uh, an army veteran so mm-hmm. uh, uh just basically we're going to be talking with Darrell Williams the man has uh, has walked many paths and has a lot to lot to offer Uh, the veterans uh, and our listeners to the men on a mission podcast. So we are going to be talking tonight about are you performing under pressure? And if not, I think Darrell Williams is going to help you perform a little better. So please welcome to the podcast, Darrell Williams.
1: Thank you, Brad.
0: Appreciate that. You're welcome. Nice to have you. Love what you're doing. Well, I I you know I obviously I I really love and respect what you're doing. Let's start off with talking to um you know talking to my listeners and telling them a little bit about you know I just gave them a long list of accomplishments and and things that that you have achieved along with being a retired army vet. Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, what you're currently involved in and uh, and basically why you are such a good fit to talk about performing under pressure. And I'll
1: I'll turn it over to you. You can run with that. Okay, thank you, Brad. Again, I'm just glad to be here. Anytime I can do anything to pay it forward and give it back, I'm all about that. A little bit about me. I grew up in Compton, California. So those that may have seen the movie Boys in the Hood, that was the culture and the environment that I grew up in. And then my brothers and sisters grew up doing the time of straight out of Compton so that whole background and craziness and all that that's what I grew up in so uh, for me it was just a matter of you know what am I going to do when I get out of high school right it's like I know I'm going to stay in Compton I need to do something different my grades were okay um, but we did not have money obviously for college at that time Um, so just around my junior year morning uh, to my senior year, it was like, okay, how are we gonna figure this thing out? And I just remember Brad running into an army recruiter, wasn't looking to join the military. And he was kind of like, hey, what are you gonna do with your career and life after high school? And I was trying to blow him off, really. Like, uh, I don't know, I'll probably go to college. And he was like, well, what college are you gonna go to? I just made up a name, Brad. I was like, oh, University of Arkansas. And he opened up this book, showed me what it costs to go and get a bachelor's degree from the University of Arkansas. And that was just one of those aha moments, Brad, where it was like, okay, life is about to get serious. I need to make some (laughs) decisions. And he just got my attention. And I was like, you know what? Tell me more about the Army. And once he started telling me about it, and I was like, you know what? I think this is something I want to do. Um, I had two cousins back then. One was in the Navy. One was in the Army, but neither stayed past their initial enlistment, which was only about two years. But what was interesting, Brad, was both of them told me if they had to do it all over again, they would have stayed the whole 20. They didn't know what they didn't know. And when I talked to them about joining this, the first thing they said was go in there, get the most out of it, make the most out of it. Um, Unless you got a sure thing, you know, stay to 20. And that resonated with me because, you know, now I had at least two people that I knew of that was in the military. I had an uncle that was in there, but I didn't talk to him as much as I talked to those two. And uh, I signed up as a uh, 71 Lima at that time, which is human resources, because I figured, hey, if I don't stay in the army the whole time, I can get out and work at a business or something like that. And uh, my first assignment was in Germany. It was so funny. And you know this, Brad, when you go in the army, there's other duties as assigned. <laughs> you can do a lot of different things. So I'm thinking that I'm going to be doing typing and filing and you know office management type stuff. And here I am, Brad, working at a post office. I'm like, a post office, like, yeah, you're going to get this skill identifier F5, right? Pitching mail. I'm like, okay, I can do that. I can sell some stamps. No, 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 no. You're not going to be selling stamps. You're going to be working on the warehouse floor where you're offloading the mail and offloading the boxes and offloading the sea land containers. And it was one of those moments where it's like, okay, I can either, you know, kick the dirt and complain for three years or I can just put on the best attitude and make the most out of it. And that's what I did, right? I was like, hey, if I'm gonna pitch mail, I'm gonna be the best mail pitcher they ever had if I'm gonna offload trucks. I'm gonna try to right, break records. Can we offload it faster than the last one? And it was just one of those things, uh, you know, the people on the shift thought I was crazy. They was like, okay, that'll wear down after about a couple of um, <laughs> trucks full of Christmas boxes and sea land containers. But I think I just had that discipline inside of me like, hey, you know, whoever's around me, you know, either you're going to be with me or, you know, you're going to be with me because I'm not going to complain. I'm going to make the best out of this thing. And, you know, in the military, you find out, you know, leadership comes in different ways and different forms. And it's not all about the rank, but it's about how you carry yourself. And are you genuine? And I think a lot of the people on my shift are like, man, he's really trying to have fun doing this mundane job. But um, it, it, it worked. Did a couple of soldier the month, soldier to uh, quarter boards, and I met this sergeant major at one of the boards when I went for soldier of the year. Um, I lost, but I also told people that I won because he recognized me and said, hey, you've been doing all these competition boards. Hey, let's talk. I'm going to be, which I was in K-Town at the time, in Germany. It's was like, hey, when I come there, I want to visit you. Let's have some one-on-one time. And at that time, I had orders for Fort Hood, Texas. And he talked to me and said, hey, I think there's something inside of you that I think you can handle what we call special assignments. And I was like, okay, I don't know what that is, Sergeant Major, but I want to go to Fort Hood and soldier. And he was like, you know, everybody can do Fort Hood, but there's certain people that can do special assignments. Uh, you're still going to make the Army proud, you're still going to represent. And he changed my assignment. And I went to the Pentagon, uh, worked there for a minute, didn't like it at first because it was just an adjustment. My mindset was on, you know, your regular MTO, hardcore military thing. And I kept thinking, As long as I'm here in the Pentagon, my peers are going to pass me. I need to get back to the real soldier. And I remember trying to go to an MP company. It's funny you said you were an MP. I'm trying to go to an MP company at MBW, Military District of Washington. My commander was like, no, you're not going there. And I was so frustrated because I just wanted to do more. And then I just remembered they were advertising or recruiting for the White House Communications Agency. Didn't know what it was. Didn't know anything about it. All I knew was I told my friend, if we go to this interview at 10 o'clock on a Friday morning, we can be off for the rest of the day and goof off. Had no intentions on going there. And sure enough, I went through the interview process. I made it. And then again, got serious again. Like, OK, okay, I need to find out what did I get myself into? Where am I going? And it was a life change going to a place, you know, joint service, all the services. And you had two jobs. You had your regular in-town mission, which for me, it was human resources. But then everybody had a travel mission where you supported the president, vice president, secret service, White House staff, and others as directed. And uh, for, since my job was more of the HR side, my travel was as an operations lead, so it was kind of like a first sergeant on the road. We had a communications officer that ran all the comms and led the entire team and then I was kind of like his or her right hand person to make sure we got in everybody had what they needed and um, it was just a great great experience because it's one of those jobs where there's guidelines but however you make it happen you make it happen because the bottom line is the president's going to come he's going to have an event and he's going to leave Everything in the middle of that, it doesn't matter as long as he can do what he needs to do. And uh, definitely a pressure-filled job, but a very rewarding job, because one of those things where if you make a mistake, the whole world knows you made a mistake, right? Unless we can kind of hide it. Um, But the good thing about that type of job is you're working around a lot of other professionals. And it was, always called a friendly competition. You're bringing out the best out of each other, right? And it's just one of those things where, again, his brothers and sisters in arms, you can come close, you're doing a lot of travel, so you're away from family still, uh, you're still going through those issues, but yet when you get on the road, you try to make it work, you try to support each other, and it was just a great, great experience. Then I was there the first time, and just got a little, I don't want to say bored, but just wanted to do something different, so I remember calling my branch manager saying, hey, you got an assignment overseas, I'd like to do something different, and He's said, wait a minute, you want to get out of a special assignment at the White House to go overseas? I'm like, yeah, I just want to soldier again. And once he <laughs> recovered from falling out of his chair, Brad, he's like, OK, let me get this right. He said, you got this clearance. You want to go overseas. He's like, it's hard to backfill somebody like you. He says, I'll tell you what, if you do me a favor, I'll do you a favor. I'm like, no, I'm not calling for any favors. I just want to go wherever you need me. And he said, tell you what, I got this unit in Korea. Every time I put somebody on that assignment, they retire on me. If you don't retire on me and take this assignment in Korea, I'll bring you back to the White House. And I was like, you don't have to do that, but you know, I'll take it if you want. So I went to a, um, MI Brigade, right, and was a platoon sergeant there, Brigade S-1 or Human Resources, NCOIC, um, And. Again, it was a great job because you're working with these young soldiers, you're working with these Katusas, right? And it was all about the leadership, right? How do you develop these young men, right? These young women. And uh, definitely one of my best assignments. And then eventually I came back to the walk of this time. I didn't travel with the president. I traveled with the vice president because they have a team that supports the vice president, smaller team, but still eccentric. And then I became what they call a vice presidential communications lead. So you're handling the VP, but it's a little less, like half the equipment, half the team. Uh, so did that for a while. It was great. 9-11 happened. Uh, we found out that we needed to kind of add a little bit more things. So they spun me and four other people up in some emergency action type training. Then we came out as what they call vice presidential communications response officers, which means the five of us uh, were with the vice president all the time whether it was um, in town, on the road, vacations, uh, providing emergency communications. And it was um, another good experience because now you're it, right? You have a team to support you when you travel, but in town, you know, you're that one man guy carrying a bag of toys to uh, make it happen. And um, just an awesome experience. Got a chance to travel on Air Force Two as a command rep. And the good thing I love about it when we went into the different trip sites When people see you coming off the plane, you know, they kind of had this mindset like, hey, welcome to the trip. Let me give you a briefing. Here's what it's about. But I would always flip it, Brad, and say, hey, you know, what challenges did you have? What can I do to help you while we're here on the ground? Right? What what can I do? I always thought leadership is never about self. It's always, always, always about what can you do for somebody else? So I was glad that I had that reputation that, you know, every time I came onto a trip, everybody knew it wasn't about them catering to me, but it was me trying to see what I could
0: do to help them. Wow. And that, you know, just, I know that's just a, like a, bird, a bird's eye view, just sure. a snapshot, <laughs> but you know, all those things have led you into developing leadership skills and working with people now. In the second segment, we're going to get into some some meat and potatoes and some right. some specifics. If you can tell the listeners a little bit about what, what are you currently doing? Okay. And I wanted to just bring out a point uh, about the, you know, the first part that you, that you just finished up there. Okay. It, it, it sounded like whether you realized it at the time, you had that leadership seed in you from the very beginning. And that sergeant major, I think it, yes. it was a sergeant major, that sergeant yes. major, major saw that seed in you, whether you saw it in yourself or not. He saw Correct. it. And he he fertilized it. He gave it sun, and he believed Absolutely. it would grow. And uh, and and it just kind of started from there. So that really goes back to your core, uh, your 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 little me, and that's what I talk about, and that's yes. you know, something yes. that I that I go over and over and over on the podcast. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's it it just rings true, and now. Uh, let the listeners know what what you're doing now and what you're involved with now, because I know sure. that you're continuing to foster that leadership role that you've kind of grown into. You know, and, um, and it's become who you are.
1: No, you're absolutely right, Brad. So while I was in the military, even when I supported White Mountain Kids Agency, I was a youth worker. So I worked with youth, right, trying to help them, you know, figure out a little bit of purpose, discipline, and then from there, I became a youth minister. Right. Again, just focusing on how do I bring these army leadership skills to the community? That was my whole thing. I was always stealing from the army and giving it back to the community. It's like, how can I make this fit? And then from there, the youth minister became a youth pastor, still focusing on the youth. But one of the things I was doing was I was building coalitions throughout my community. Right. I would find other youth workers. Right. And other churches and like, hey, what are you doing What's some of your challenges, What's some of your weaknesses, what resources are you lacking? then I would partner up, you know, somebody like a Brad Richard in this part of the community and reach out to another person on the other side of the state and like, hey, you need to talk to Brad. Brad is really good with X, Y, Z. You're good with A and B. You guys need to get together. And just building those coalitions, you know, it just made a better uh, support, not just for the youth workers, but all of their youth were better for it because now their youth workers are better equipped. So after doing that, Um, Our pastor at the church was like, hey, you know, you're doing all this leadership stuff. Can you take over leadership training with our leaders? Did that for a little bit. Um, And then she came and said, hey, we're trying to do some Bible studies within the community. We want to create these small group studies. How about you and your wife lead a couple's Bible study? And at first it was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to put my business out there like (laughs) that." But once we talked about it, my wife was like, hey, you know, we got a lot to offer, a lot of help people, you know, and we did it and it was seven straight years, right? Uh, just diving into relationships and what makes them work. And they just go through the Bible. You know, we went through, we had a lot of different books, great books out there, great authors, and we just took it, you know, from a personal perspective. And from there, that's why the company came into play with my wife and I was like, Hey, I think we really got something here. These couples are growing, they're loving each other more, their families are whole. You know, who else can we reach outside of the church? And that's when we started Alliance Seminars Coaching, which again an organization that just provides leadership, relationship, uh, purpose, right? Trying to just help people wherever that fit is. And we do it through coaching, do keynote speaking and then workshop facilitation. And again, love it, love it, love it. Because I'm still doing the same thing, Brad. I'm taking those things I learned in the Army, those things that helped me as a husband, right? As a father, and I'm sharing it with whoever else could use uh, those type of skills. And then I love partnering with my wife because, you know, those in the military, will would tell you, your spouse is the backbone while you were supporting and serving, and they're serving too. So I thought this was one of those opportunities where I wanted to do something with my wife. All right, how can we tag team this thing together? And that's how we ended up getting our certification as life coaches. Once I did the research and a chaplain friend told me about it, it was like, you know what? Let's do this one together, right? Let's get the basic training. We did that. We loved it. About a year and a half later, we went and got the master's certification. So again, I work with the men. She works with the women. I do leadership relationship and purpose. She does women empowerment, relationships, purpose as well. And it's just a great thing that we get to do together. And we kind of got a little tag team going. And it's fun because we're still giving. And as you know, Brad, you know, whenever you get out the military, you know, those things don't go away. You just have a different type of mission and a different way to give back.
0: Exactly. Now, the name of the name of your company that you and your wife own together is Alliance, correct? Yes, Alliance
1: Seminars Coaching
0: alliance seminars and coaching okay and we're going to have your links in the show notes so uh for the listeners you know don't worry we're going to have multiple ways to get a hold of Durrell um and and his wife uh and and alliance uh, seminars and coaching and uh that'll be in the in the show notes so we'll have clickable links in there for you so you said you t- touched on several things and i just wanted to jump in but i was you know i was I was biting my tongue. (laughs) I was was like, okay, I'll I'll let him finish, I'll let him finish. But you brought up a couple of points and it's something that I hammer home with, or I try to with every podcast. And that is looking at our veterans as a whole. I know that we're struggling with a lot of issues when it comes to the veterans. Um, There are so many of them that are struggling. They're having a hard time with the transition from military to civilian life. Um, what they did in the military, they really can't find work in the civilian world that that is comparable to that, et cetera, et cetera. And then, of course, we have the staggering, outrageous statistics on suicide yes. uh, for for the veterans. And you you touched on a couple points. The first one is you said you brought from the military your tools, your um your 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 toolbox from the military. You yes. brought that forward with you, and you interjected that into the, the civilian world. Absolutely. And, you, and you, you didn't leave the military behind. You actually carried it with you in your heart, in your mind, and you carried it with you into the civilian world, and you flourished. You know, I mean, you, you, you accomplished great things in the civilian world. But maybe not, you, you might not have gotten as far without those military um, seeds that were planted. Absolutely true. And that's something that, that's the first thing you said. And it's, I want to reiterate to the veterans that listen to my podcast, you had a mission in the military and you, you gained a lot from being in there, the camaraderie, the support, the networking, you know, um, the the honor and the oath and all of those things, and it, it, they're not gone. Um, you know, I, I speak to a lot of guys that they, they think, well, it's like, well, yeah, but now I'm in the civilian world and none of that's applicable. You know, no one really cares about me or my well-being like my military brothers and sisters did when I was in. In the civilian world, it's, you know, everyone's for themselves. And there's no, I got your back if you got my back type of thing. And so, you know, I want to just make that point and reiterate. Yes. Um, Durrell took what he, you know, got from the military and he moved forward in the civilian world with that military mindset. And and he's using his military experience to move forward. So it, it doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. Once you have it, you have it. And it, you know, one more reason not to give up on yourself absolutely, and, and not to get down on yourself because, uh, you know, that transition to civilian life is really, really tough. It but, is, But, uh, you know, once again, it's, you know, under being under pressure, <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's performing under pressure. So you you brought that up and then that was the first point. And then the second point is your, your perspective uh, on how can I make things better? Yes. how can i reach more people yes um, and and how could i continue to challenge myself and as soon as you got bored or started to feel that you weren't challenged yes you moved on to something else you sought out something else you know you just didn't say well i'm going to be miserable and i'm just going to stay here because it's comfortable and because mm-hmm. it's it's uh it's security um you put yourself your mind and your heart and your dreams and your goals, you put yourself first before the job. And you said, this isn't cutting it. I I want to do something more for me, yes. you know, and that is a really powerful point. I, I think for the listeners to really embrace and, and uh, grab a hold of by the throat, you know, and it's like, don't accept mediocrity. You yes. you didn't, you were constantly seeking more things, more challenges and more interaction and more ways to be a service and to continue that mission. And that's uh that's a big bullet point right there is continuing the mission in the civilian world. And uh, yeah, that's big. That's real big. So uh, th- those are some of the things that you said, and I'm like, bingo, bingo. And I wanted just to kind of, kind of reiterate, you know, and that's kind of what I got. Hopefully the listeners got the same same grasp on that, because I just thought that was terrific. There, there's been so much that you've covered, and it's very inspirational. Um, we're fixing to take a short break, just going to be a short mm-hmm. one. And when we come back from the break in our second uh, second segment, we are going to get into a little bit about more about um, what you do and how you do it, sure. uh, what type of things you are offering to the men that you work with, uh, and you can talk about what, you know, the, the programs that your wife has, because uh, we have women veterans that listen to the podcast as well. Sure. And, um, you know, and just kind of get into the meat and potatoes of, of what you're doing and try to uh, kind of tie in the whole working under pressure thing. Uh, sure. You have the experience of being in the White House or, or working with the vice, president, several vice presidents mm-hmm. and not just not just one, but uh, we're going to talk about working under pressure. And uh, that we're going to cover that in the second segment. So now, any last thing here before we take a short break?
1: No, you hit it all. And I love those points that you reminded the listeners because they do have that inside of them.
0: All right, folks, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to get into some, uh, some details, some specifics about uh, what Dur- uh, Durrell and his wife are doing with Alliance Speaking and Coaching. I think I said that right. And, yep. uh, and we're going to uh, cover what they're doing And more importantly, uh, Durell is going to talk to you specifically about how you can uh, improve your performance under pressure, uh, wherever that pressure may be coming from, whether it's internal or external. So stick with us. We will be back shortly. Welcome our new sponsor, Scars and Stripes Coffee Company. They empower veterans to build their own business using their e-commerce platform, when you purchase from Scars and Stripes Coffee, you are buying from a veteran, and your purchase directly impacts the men and women who have served our country. Do more than say, thank you for your service. Order today and empower a veteran. Use vet code Brad Richard at ScarsAndStripesCoffee.com. That's ScarsAndStripesCoffee.com. Welcome back everyone to the Men on a Mission podcast. We have been speaking to Darrell Williams. If you didn't uh if you didn't catch the first segment of this episode, episode 49, I encourage you to go back to the first uh first segment because we covered all of his accolades and all of his accomplishments and they it is a huge list of amazing things that he has done. The second segment we want to talk about his company. Him and his wife have a company called Alliance Seminars and Workshop. They do relationship mentoring, coaching. Uh, they do leadership development and uh, so many things. Uh, Durrell is going to talk to us about living, living a good, uh, productive uh, life under pressure. So, it, it, trust me, he this man knows about pressure. Uh, he worked in the White House under uh, multiple administrations, the White House uh, Communication Agency. So. Darrell, just uh, take it away. Tell us a little bit about your company. And then we're going to, uh, I want to get your take on uh, being productive uh, or, uh, or working under pressure and still uh, achieving great things.
1: Sure. So, again, Alliance Seminars, coaching, again, just a simple organization okay. my wife and I put together. And really, the whole purpose was it to make money, but it's just to give back. Right. We just feel like our lives have been so blessed, even though we've had a lot of challenges. But sometimes we believe uh, your misery can create your ministry, not in a church sense, but just in a way of how do I take what happened to me and make it better for somebody else? And we just decided, you know, again, what do we have? Right. Um, there's a passage in the Bible, not trying to get too deep with that, but, you know, there's a character named Moses had a big task ahead. Wasn't sure he was equipped for the mission. I can't do this, I can't do that. And you know, the scripture goes where they basically the question he's asked is what's in your hand? And he's like, well, what are you talking about? All I have is a rod, a staff. He's like, use your rod, use your staff. And my wife and I just kind of took that as what do we have in our head, right? Leadership abilities, um, communication skills, ability to listen, wanting the best for somebody else. Right, and not us. So we took those things and said, how do we craft this into something that we can deliver, you know, to others? And that's really where it came from. And a lot of veterans, as you get out, you may find yourself also like, okay, I want to work for myself or I want to start my own business, right? How do I do that? And one thing I wanted to tell you, Brad, was any accomplishment that I have or had was only because of the mentors, right, and the accountability partners that have been and are in my life. There is absolutely nothing that I've done good on this earth without a mentor and without an accountability partner. I, I tell everybody that, whether it's business, marriage, whatever you're doing in the community, you have to work with somebody else. because there's somebody that may have walked that path before you, so why recreate the will, right? Even though it may be a different type of business, but maybe that model could work. Maybe those principles could work, right? Maybe that work ethic. And the good thing I found out about mentors, Brad, is they love to give back. It's just something in their DNA. They don't want to go to the grave with all this stuff. They want to push it out to as many people as possible. But we have to put ourselves in a position to receive it. Uh, One of the things I do, Brad, is military transition coaching, right? Um, But I also know on LinkedIn, there's a lot of guys that have been doing this longer than I have right have more time to do it so i may have one session with somebody and say okay now i need you to link with these seven people now wait a minute i I reached out to you i'm like yeah but what's your purpose i want to transition successfully out of military well you need to connect with these seven people because i'm telling you they're going to deposit into you some things that i can't and they'll say something brand like yeah but isn't that them taking customers from you i'm like you're not a customer you're my brother all right, you're my sister in arms. I want you to have the best military transition that you can have. Everybody's transition is different. Everybody's story is different. But there are some common things that we can do to make that transition uh, less stressful. And if that means, right, I partner up with a couple other people, um, then guess what? That's why I partnered with those people. That's why they're in my life, because you don't do life by yourself, right? The more you find out that you accomplish more with others than yourself, that's the time when you see your most success happening. So I have no problem, you know, and I'll call those guys and say, hey, I got somebody with a logistics background. i want to have them call you once they draft up their resume, because I know you were a logistics person. See, that's a good thing about leadership, right? you don't try to do everything by yourself, right? You just have to know where can you find the answer. And and I just apply that same thing with people's lives. Like, okay, if somebody wants to get out and, and wants to do this, you know, my job is not to convince them to stay in. My job is from this day moving forward, what tools can we put in your toolkit that can help you be successful? I have some people, they say, well, I'm getting out and I'm moving to Atlanta. Okay, let me see if I can find somebody that lives in Atlanta, a couple of veterans, right? Hook up with them. And that's a great thing now, Brad, about the internet nowadays. There's so much information out there. Like you don't even have to look far, right? You can just look up, you know, veterans group in Atlanta, right? Veterans group in the DC area. Uh, So I always share with people, you know, part of Alliance Seminars coaching is not me doing all the coaching, but it's putting you in connection with other organizations, right? Other community leaders, because there's a lot of people that are doing some really great things and you know we just try to tie you to whatever the best thing is that's out there um, that can help you one of my favorite movies and my wife hates me bringing this up major pain is on i'm going to stop what i'm doing and i'm going to watch major pain because i love the concept inside that movie where here's this marine that's getting ready to get out didn't get promoted has to face civilian life by himself and even though it was kind of some comedy in there, but there are some truths in there too, because he had to figure out how to adjust. And I love the part that one of the key people that was helping him was a civilian that didn't know anything about the military. And he thought everything that she wanted to do was crazy and opposite of what he was taught. But what he found out was their differences made them stronger. Their differences allowed them to reach those kids in a faster way. That's what a lot of our veterans need to look at, you know, those civilians that sometimes we feel like we don't connect with, but that's just fine. Just one common thing that we do have in common and then just take it from there, right? Let the relationship grow. It might not be that full buddy, battle buddy relationship that you had, you know, with a Brad or with a Darrell, but it can just be what it is, right? And that can be fine as well, because again, um, mentorship is powerful. And then the other thing is accountability. If I have a business, I have accountability brothers that have businesses, right? If I'm married, I have a set of accountability partners that are also married, right? I have kids, I have accountability partners that are parents. Why? Because I can't do life by myself. As much as I may want to, as much as I try, the most success for me that I've had in my life is when I had people to bounce off of when I had people to tell me like, hey, Daryl, you're doing too much, right? You haven't taken your wife on a date you need to take her on a date. Next time we talk in 30 days, I need to know where did you take your wife? I don't care if it's freaking Red Lobster, Cheesecake Factory, you need to just take your wife on a date. And the reason that's important, Brad, because if I don't have an accountability partner, I don't see that. All I see is goals. All I see is, you know, whatever I'm chasing at that time, even though it may be a family goal, but nothing says I have to get to that family goal in seven days, right? That's something that I put on myself But my accountability partner says, do you have to do that next week? Uh, No, not really. But 4th of July was coming up. I was thinking, you know, I got a day off. Might as well do it. Well, have you thought about what can you do with your family That Have you thought about what maybe you and your wife? Accountability partner allows you to see those things that sometimes are right. And like I said, it works for me. And I've seen it work for a lot of other people. And I think any veteran, even if you say, well, I don't know anybody, Durrell. I got out. I stayed in Georgia. You know, I would just say continue to always start with your VA, right? And then just reach out, you know, and see what type of veteran organizations are in your area. There's always something there, but sometimes it's just hard for us to find Mm -hmm. it. And when we find it, uh, don't put, you know, too much of a um, unrealistic expectation on that group. Right, don't compare them to the relationship I had with Brad and Darrell. That was something special. That was something different. But you can have something new and different, right? And just as special. And um, again, you just never know uh, what life has in store. Yeah, ab-
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, you said something at the very beginning about uh, you know nobody wants to take all this stuff with us, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, yeah, it's like <laughs> absolutely. Uh, that was one of one of many reasons why I wrote my first book is because good, good. I was determined to get all of it out, open up every closet, open up every door, and say there it's out and because I want to leave all that behind yes. and uh, and and I'm I don't want to bring any of that with me you know That's I want right. to I want to leave it behind and and hopefully someone can say, Well, I'm not going to do it the way he did it because
1: that's he, right.
0: He completely trashed that particular thing. So it's like, uh, if I tweak it a little bit, I think I can do it better than he did. And that's it's like great. But, you know, <laughs> that works perfectly, but I'm still not taking it with me. So that's yeah. right. Leave, leave it exactly behind. Right. Yeah accountability, accountability, uh, partners, accountability, uh, people, you know, in different areas of your life, I think is ingenious. We as, as soldiers, mm-hmm. uh, in the military, we are held accountable every single hour,
1: yes, every
0: single day. And the civilian world, not to bash on civilians, right, uh, right. I'm, I'm married to one, you know, she, she, <laughs> never, served, she never served in the military, but, uh, right. But the lack of accountability and personal responsibility, uh, I mean, it's like, where's Waldo, you know, (laughs) yes, you can look and look and look and never find it some, you know, some days, but um, yeah, very important personal responsibility and accountability, having somebody there to say, you know, you're, yeah, you're doing too much. You're not mm-hmm. doing enough, you know. Yes, it's like you too. told me that you felt strongly about doing this, you know, A, yes. B, and C, yes. and uh, you've been on A for three months. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, do you think it's time for B? I mean, you, you yes. know, that's uh, that is super super uh, important. It's it's natural, I think, for veterans, yeah, uh, when it comes to because if you ask a veteran to be accountable with pressure from two or three buddies uh yeah they're gonna fall in line and and it's yeah, like yeah you're, you're right yeah i, I don't want to be now if my yeah. wife asked me to be accountable no but you get a couple army buddies or a couple yes. buddies they're gonna they're gonna say yep i'm there yeah i will be accountable and i'll commit to doing that so so oh, true super super important now you guys do workshops um is are those virtual or are you doing those in person
1: Great question. So uh, we used to do them in person. Um, I've done a few virtual um, and a lot of it is just again, just finding what works. Like for me, uh, anything that's all around leadership and helping people, right? I love doing that. So I found this one great uh, book called um, The Five Languages of Appreciation at Work, um, which I thought was really good because again, it tied into Something that I believe in, and that's one thing I want to let the veterans know, whatever you're going to get involved with after the military, right? Make sure it's something that you believe in, something that you're passionate about. Because when you do it that way, right, it's not as much of a strain because, again, you've already had your career. Now you're doing what you want. To and that saying is so true, right? If you do something that you love, you'll never work again in your life. And that's kind of how I look at it. Whenever I'm helping people, I'm not working. This is just something that I believe in. I want to do. And I like what you said earlier, Brad, about sometimes as veterans, you know, we may find ourselves in a situation where we're the only one like us. But sometimes I'll take that, Brad, I to remind people that, but that creates opportunity, right? Think about, you know, there's some place in the community where maybe there's some kids that, you know, you can start a baseball league, right? You can start a flag football league, right? You can start a young girls empowerment group right? Veterans, we have so many skills and gifts. The training brand that we had to do on an annual basis, people have careers off of the training that we did annually. (laughs) I mean, that's what military veterans can do. You can take something as small as whatever you did, like, what? I can get paid for that? Like, not only can you get paid, you can start a 501c3 and help people with that. I mean, that's what's so great about everything that we learned in the military. It's always shared with some people, you know, if you're not sure about what you want to do or direction you want to go in, go find a need that can be met. I don't care where you are in this United States of America. If you look hard enough in your community, there is a need that needs to be met. And I'm almost positive there's not a need out there that can't be met by effective leadership and passionate veterans. I just believe that in my heart. Passionate veterans, effective leadership can solve a lot of different things, right? Um, And I know... Our economy, right, there are some places going on now where you know, they can't find people to work, right? Sometimes I share with people, you know, like, sometimes it's hard, it's too hard to deal with the big problem. Let's see if we can knock that thing down to a couple of small pebbles, and how can I work with that piece? Maybe I go and set up, right, some type of job skill training program in my community. Maybe I go out and become a tutor. You know, just And sometimes here's another good thing, Brad. As a veteran, you don't even have to start your own business all the time. Sometimes it's just partnering with your church community or your synagogue or you know, whatever you have around here and just say, hey, I'm a veteran in the Army for 20 years. Here's what my background was. How can I help? Oh, my gosh. We were just thinking about trying to get this program. We got these young men that don't have fathers in their lives. We just need to set up some type of rites of passage program. And you may go back, Brad, look up some soft skills doing basic training and like, okay, I can't do that, but I can't do this. And tailor that thing, man, toward meeting a need in the community. And you're like, well, how did that solve the problem of not having enough workers, right, to work? Well, that's a bigger problem. Maybe the smaller issue is, let me train these young men and young women about discipline, about self-worth. about being a part of something bigger than yourself and then how about i walk with that person middle school high school right and then when they get to high school and they can work right now i'm going on their behalf like hey joe i know you got this ice cream place i know you need some people to work after work i can vouch for this kid i've walked with this kid for the last three years he just needs a job he needs to prove himself that's leadership and that's a veteran that walked walk with this person for just two years, a young lady that started a women's group or young ladies group, you know, teaching them self-worth and self-esteem, and then putting these young people in a position where they can excel and grow. Uh,
0: I love that. Uh, I love how you put that. You asked the question and I, as a veteran and the veterans listening to my podcast, the question that you, that you asked was, how can I help? Yes. And that should be the easiest thing that any of us as veterans can ask another person, whether they're, whether they're connected to the military, whether they're civilian or not, it it doesn't matter. How can I help? And we have a right as veterans to ask that because we have an answer ready. (laughs) We, 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 we just have, we, we just have to hear what they need. Mm -hmm. When we ask the question, how can I help? And we know that we can provide an answer. Uh, We know that we can, we can, we can bring it, you know? And yeah, yeah, I love, I love
1: that. That's good stuff. That is very good stuff. (laughs) Um, No, it's true, man. Real quick story, Brad. So I remember volunteering, you know, my son was at this, you know, at school. They did the first overnight for these kids. Some of them have never been away from home, right? Nothing really big, but you know, kids have a lot of energy. So they woke up in the morning, we had about two hours before breakfast and the kids obviously were doing what kids do. None of the other fathers in the group, you know, had do anything about the military, right? It was like, hey, man, we are gonna do with all these kids, right? They're, they're getting crazy, they're doing all this stuff. And like you said, Brad, when you're in the military, you just think, how do I meet this need? It's like, man, if we look up with some of these kids, they're going to do something really stupid, and they're going to mess up their day before you can get started. So I just took the kids out, Brad, and said, hey, everybody that thinks they're fast, come out here in this uh, playground area. Went out there in this big field, man, I put them in a PT formation, right, extended the formation. We started doing PT, but I didn't tell them we are doing PT, Brad. I just called it follow the leader. Right? Everybody knows that game, right? Follow the leader. And we just started doing a couple of different PT drills, some stand-ups, some put-downs, right, some flutter kicks. And the dads were like, holy smoke, they're actually doing this. Do they not know they're exercising? <laughs> I didn't call it exercise, Brad. I didn't call it Army PT. I just said, hey, guys, let's just work out some energy. And when you get tired, you just go to the side. Right. I'd even put a limitation on it. Like you have to stay with me. When you get tired, just go to the side. And guess what, Brad? When a bunch of kids are together, nobody wants to be the first one. Right. I'm gonna outdo my friend. If he's doing five push-ups, I'm gonna do 10. Right. And then I'm encouraging them, like, okay, who can who can beat this old man? And we did PT for about a, you know, a little less than an hour. They got all that energy out. They went to the side when they finished, they relaxed. Boom, it was time to get in the um, I call it the child hall line, but basically get in line for breakfast, right? And the kids were like, man, that was fun. Can we do that tomorrow? Like, yeah, we can if you guys want to. But again, right, it just goes back to just meeting the need, right? If those kids didn't do something with that energy, right, it could have been a little bit disastrous. But sometimes, like you said, somebody that's not trained, they will say, go sit down. How do you tell a kid that's supposed to be a kid? To not be a kid, because that's what you're doing sometimes. Go sit down, stop running. You know, it's like, no, create the atmosphere for them to run in a controlled environment. Create something where they can get that energy in a competition way, whether it's doing push-ups, who can do the most, right? Um, jumping jacks, or you know, just something simple, but yet it was done in a constructive way. And that's the stuff that veterans bring to any community man we're just creative like that we will find a way to take something that seems so mundane and routine and we'll make it fun and challenging and we'll make it to the point where we'll grow as a leader and that's what veterans do
0: we need more of us to step into that step yes. into that that role and it's 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 funny you kind of stepped into into their mm-hmm. world briefly mm-hmm. Uh, as an adult you kind of stepped into like their energy yes. circle and 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 you were like hey I'm gonna do something with you and they probably looked at the other adults and they said well why aren't they, <laughs> you know, you know but but right. I'm saying you kind of stepped into their world right. and and you were like hey I can I, I can I can be just like you I can be I can you know uh, be a kid and I can, I can do something that, uh, that they'll follow, follow along, you know, cause it, it's natural for them to do that. So yeah, I would have loved to have seen that. I would love to have been there and, and watched <laughs> the reaction of the other adults. Like, you know, look at him being silly and it's like, well, yeah, but he's, he's producing results and you're not. So <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> who's yeah. silly now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I, I asked you earlier about the workshops. I didn't know if you had some that were coming up, you know, um, you know, like later this summer or, or in the fall. And if so, you know, basically for the listeners, when they go to your website, just kind of give us a snapshot of what's there, you know, what, what will they find there? How can they plug into you and uh, you and your wife and, and Alliance? Well, so one thing that we
1: do, Brad, we, we try not to kind of create like a cookie cutter type thing, Right. Uh, just like going on your podcast, right? One of my first things I wanted to know is, well, what do you want your listeners to get out of? That's kind of how we do our workshops, right? If there's a you know, faith-based or a lot of times churches, uh, they have a lot of leaders, but they don't have a lot of leadership training, right? So they'll call me and say, hey, I saw your website. You offer leadership training, purpose training, relationship training. So I just find out, you know, again, what need do you need me to meet for your organization? So church says, hey, we need to do something with our couples, right? Then I'll bring in the five love languages, right? Something that anybody can be certified on. It's not a big deal, right? I give Gary Chapman all his credit because I don't need to take Gary's credit. What I want to do is I want to help that couple to be healthier and stronger. So I'll bring the five languages of love languages to a church, right? If there's an organization that says, hey, our leaders don't know how to appreciate the people that work for them. Then I'll bring in the five languages of appreciation at work, right? Go over some of those types of things. So that's one thing I don't, I don't, I don't, I try not to recreate the wheel, right? I just want to like, how can I meet your need? And that's kind of really what it is. So anything that's revolved around relationships, you know, leadership and purpose, right? We'll try to bring that to you. And if what you're looking for, we don't have, hey, man, I'll find somebody else that does it better than me and say, you know what? Call this person. What? You, you have me call somebody else. I was like, yeah. If this is what your people need, and I don't have that in my toolkit, I'm not a failure because I can't deliver. I'm a failure because I was selfish and didn't point you in the right direction. Leaders are about helping people, and it doesn't matter who gets the credit. So, like I said, if they go to our website, you know, they'll see that we work with couples, right? They'll see testimonials of like, wow, you know, they actually walk with a couple. During eight sessions, right? If it's premarital, stuff like that. If they're already married. And like my wife says, sometimes we all have hiccups, right? We try to figure out how to deal with the hiccup. So that's pretty much what they can find on our website. Ways that we've already helped people. And then just a couple of items that's there to help you.
0: Excellent. Yeah, the it goes back to your question earlier, how can I help? And yes. it, that doesn't necessarily mean directly sometimes. yes. Um, and you have to, you know, kind of treat them like a baton and pass them. <laughs> love that. You
1: pass, love that. Yeah,
0: pass them on to someone else. But sure. but never, nevertheless, uh, a referral, you know, is the, uh, was this, sincerest form of a, or a sincere yes. compliment, a referral. Flattery. Is a, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know You're how right. that saying goes. A lot of realtors use it. Uh, a right. referral right. is the purest form of, of a, a compliment or flattery or something. Yes. Yeah. You're so, right. Yeah. Referrals are good. And, uh, yeah, I am I'm, I'm with you on that. I definitely am. Uh, there's, there's millions and millions of things that, that I don't offer and that I can't do. Um, but, but the goal is the same, you know, yes. it, it's like, I have a nine step process that I use with my clients. If I can get them through three of them and somebody else can get them through the other six, or they have mm-hmm. a different set of six. It doesn't matter, you know, use my three and use somebody else's six, but long as you get to the end, you know, the, the end result, good for you. Uh, I'll, I'll be your cheerleader and I'll cheer you on, you know, as, as you move forward. So that, that's, that's what it's all about. So. Um, totally agree. We our our time is just wrapped up. Um, we, we ran out basically, but uh, uh, we're going to wrap up this episode. Uh, I want to thank you Darrell Williams for being on the podcast you brought some amazing information, content, and just a, a servant, uh, delivery, you know, you just, you're, 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 you're a giver and you're, uh, you're serving people. I love that. I respect that. Uh, you know, it's an honor to have you on the podcast. And so I thank you sincerely for being on the, on the podcast for sure. And, uh, and you're a, an army vet, so that's, that makes it even better. You know. (laughs) Uh, That's army guys. We have to stay together, but that's right. (laughs) All right, folks. Well, we're going to wrap up this episode. This is episode 49. We have been speaking with Darrell Williams. Um, Visit his website Alliance speaking and uh, speaking and workshops. Um, There's coaching there. There's a lot of information there and him and his wife uh, have that company Alliance. And so check it out. All of his links will be in the show notes, reach out to him, um, he has walked, uh, he, he's actually lived many lives in one, uh, and he has accomplished some great things. And, and he is uh, coming from his heart, and he wants to help you in any way that he can, especially if you're a veteran. I want to thank you, uh, Durrell, for being on the podcast, but I am going to wrap up uh, for tonight. I'm going to end the podcast like I always do. Love yourself and take care of your little me. Until until next time uh, Take care everybody And we will be back with another guest In a couple of weeks on The Men on a Mission podcast But for now Have a good night Bye for now